Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Elisa Childers podcast, where we equip Christians to identify the core beliefs of historic Christianity, discern its counterfeits, and proclaim the gospel with clarity, kindness, and truth. And we have a bit of an unusual episode today. Uh, It's something I've been talking about with my friend Phoenix Hayes for quite a while. We've been kind of planning on having this discussion that I think is really going to be helpful to the body of Christ. We're going to be talking about the whole issue of the body positivity movement. We're going to be talking about things like what is fat shaming? Are we overcorrect? on some of these issues? What's the reality? What is the biblical view of the human body and how we should be thinking through these things as we are such an image-focused culture, right? And and it's a pressure all of us feel when we're on YouTube or on a platform. Uh, So I'm really excited to bring you into this conversation. I do want to let you know that I haven't mentioned this in a while, but my new music that I uh, did a whole episode about uh, several weeks ago, a couple months ago, is finally out. It's a available, and I'm so excited. Uh, So a couple of ways that you can, well, really, there's only one way that you can own the music, that you can purchase it, and that's through elisachilders.com slash music. You can order a physical copy that is signed and or you can just simply download the songs. They're, they're available for download on that link as well. Again, that's alisachilders.com slash music. Now, if you want to listen to the songs, they are now available via lyric videos on YouTube. So you can go to youtube.com slash at music. That's youtube.com slash at music, And you can listen to all five songs. The lyric videos are up. And I have have personally just been so blessed by some of the comments that people have left under the songs that that's really brought um you know, it's ministered to them. It's been edifying to them. It's caused them to uh, relate with maybe some of the struggles that I talk about in some of the songs. So I am just really excited about that. Now, the reason that it is exclusive to the website right now is because it is very expensive to make music. And so we are keeping it there so that we can try to make back some of the money that we invested in creating the music. But I also want to let you know that at that link, 
alisachilders.com slash music. You can purchase the backing tracks. You can purchase stem tracks, which if you have a, a worship band that you want to perform one of the songs, you can, you know, bring up the guitars or you can bring up the strings and, and you can do it in that way and mix it uh, just like, you know, anything else. And then also the band charts and the string arrangements are available on the website. And as I've said before, uh, one thing that was really important to us is we do not require royalty reporting for churches. So you do not have to report that you have performed the song. That is yours to use in your services for free. Um, I just, I don't think it's right that people have to report when they sing a song and then people, you know, get paid just because you sang a worship song. So royalty free on that end. But uh, if you'd like the backing tracks and things, those are available on the website. And yeah, really excited. So elisachilders.com slash music. All right. With that said, I am excited to bring my friend Phoenix Hayes back on the podcast. She was on before. Phoenix, we talked about identity uh, several months okay. ago, and you're one of my favorites. I just, I, I've told you this. I think, like, you guys got to bring her in to speak. She's a great presenter. She's a great apologist, one of my favorites. But this is sort of something that's related to identity. And I'm just going to kind of share with our audience what led to this conversation that we're having today, because you and I participated in a review of the Barbie movie. And this was on the Cross-Examined podcast. And it was you and me and Melissa Doherty and uh, Hillary Ferrer. And was that it or was there somebody else? Natasha. And Natasha. She, of course, Nat my girl, that. Natasha was there, right? <laughs> yeah. She didn't talk much because she hadn't seen the movie yet. So that's probably I why I forgot. It. I, I know. Say something. <laughs> I know. That's what I was telling her. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you still have something to add having not seen the movie, but, and she did, but, um, you, you know, we were basically analyzing the movie just from a biblical perspective. And it was a great conversation because there, you know, we, there was some disagreement on some things, which is always oh, yeah. fun. You know, I didn't expect that. And I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was kind of fun, but you made an observation that you sort of just kind of floated over because we didn't really have time to go deep into it. And so yes. I want to just give you the opportunity to maybe share that observation, because I remember thinking when you said that, we need to talk more about that. So share a little bit about what led to that and what your observation in the Barbie movie was. So the the moment you're talking about is, so before we all got together, we sat down and we each tried to pull together some main points that we identified in the film. And it was it was a really fun exercise because we didn't do it together. And then we came together and I was like, oh, and you saw that. Well, I saw this. And that's what I think helped make such a, a rich podcast recording and discussion. But one of the themes that I kept picking up on was the Barbie's the Barbie movie's attempts to redefine reality over mm. and over again. And there was several instances where it would describe what was happening as though that is reality that is how the how the world works when in fact it's not how the world works it's how the movie makers want us to believe the world mm. works and one such example that i just threw in there and and before i say it i i felt a shift in the room as i said it because this is the thing we don't want to talk about a lot of the mm -hmm. time, especially among women, especially um, among women who don't necessarily wrestle with this problem. 
um, it's a sense of, oh, I can't, I can't necessarily comment on that. Mm. And we can think of lots of other cases where people feel that way about other things. Um, so, so the, the point that I brought up about the movie was that, as we know, everyone, all the women in Barbie land are Barbie and all the men are Ken's and they're all treated equally, equally attractive, equally smart, equally well-dressed. They just have different themes associated to them. If they're, you know, disco Barbie or nurse Barbie or whatever the case is, well, there was obese brunette Barbie. (laughs) I don't think that's what they called her, but. (laughs) I look, I call it like it is. Yes, you do. (laughs) Growing up in a world where Barbie was the, you know, what did they call her in the movie? The classic Barbie. Or, I can't remember her name. I'm, but you know, tall, thin, blonde, busty. Oh yeah, um, stereotypical um, Barbie. You're talking go, about the main character. Barbie. Yeah. There yeah. we go. So growing up in the world where we all associate that with Barbie, and fine, we've thrown in diversity, and you can now get Barbie in every single shade of skin color. But um, I think you could even get Barbie in a wheelchair, maybe. Yeah, they had a, they, that was in the movie as well. Yeah. That and Pregnant Barbie, which was the only one that they acted like that was weird. Was that exactly. Pregnant Barbie was like, ew, that's gross and weird, which was that's a, gross that's a whole other conversation. Exactly. But the thing that I just kept thinking about is, OK, I'm noticing that the heavy set brunette Barbie like no one seems to notice that she is not the same as the other size two Barbies. And that doesn't appear to affect her ability to use her sexuality over men at all. They all just seem to find her equally attractive um, as all the others. And uh, even now, as I'm talking, I can just I just feel landmines that mm-hmm. I'm stepping over with mm-hmm. every word that I'm saying. Um, but yeah. I feel like because I'm a heavy set brunette, I at least have the freedom to sp- speak what I think everyone else is honestly thinking, and I don't mind saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that is not reality. Um, yeah. Now, sure, there are men that have a have a thing for heavier women, but there's a reason why there's an idealized body size. It's not always healthy for sure. I'm right. not advocating that you need to be underweight and, and what Hollywood pushes on us. But I, I'm the first to say that, no, that's, that's not the same. And it's not generally speaking, equally appealing for the same reason that a woman wouldn't necessarily find a heavy set man equally appealing all other things being equal and mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of reasons behind that but you know just just at a surface level if you want to take god and religion out of it just at a pure um instinctive level we tend to gravitate toward the most appealing mate shall we say mm-hmm. the one that looks like they're going to produce the best offspring with us um but and of course there's a whole bunch of other things to consider there but that is what stood out to me is no that's not reality and that's mm-hmm. actually okay it's okay that men don't think she's equally beautiful yeah yeah now i know you told me this is hard for you to talk about and i it's actually kind of a topic that's it's hard for me to talk about as well 
because I've experienced issues like this, but from a different angle. And I wrote about this in my book, Live Your Truth and Other Lies, how I had, um, for years, I struggled with bulimia. I struggled with an eating disorder. And it's it's something that was hard to write about, hard to talk about. But there, you know, so growing up, I saw all these underweight models, everything, everything when I was growing up, all of the clothing ads, magazines at the mall were these underweight models who also somehow had these massive breasts, you know, that oh, yeah. <laughs> totally realistic That's there. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. just I share about this in my book that through even some experiences with gymnastics coaches and things like that, um, you know, I got this idea that I just my body had to be different than it was. And so I would always kind of strive to be underweight. So I was personally really glad a few years ago when some of the major companies started letting up on that. You know, there was a, a store in the mall aimed at young girls where the models just kind of looked like normal people. They weren't yeah. all underweight. Some were even a little bit, you know, more than just the kind of the even average, all shapes and sizes. They weren't all six feet tall. They had yeah. different shapes. And I really appreciated that. Even when I remember when Dove did that and they, they started showing cellulite on people. I was like, thank you, because even I mean, I don't know. Do the supermodels have cellulite? I can't imagine they don't have it somewhere. OK, right. <laughs> but even if they did, it, get, it got photoshopped out. So, you know, this yeah. totally unrealistic thing. I'm so glad that a lot of the places, you know, even mannequins you see now sometimes are bigger. They're not, they're more normal, I would say. And so, um, you know, growing up, even they had the the little chart where you'd go to the doctor and you'd stand on the scale. And then if you were in this weight range, you were, you were good. Well, I was always overweight, even though Phoenix, I wasn't overweight, but it's because I have a lot of muscle mass. So I weighed more pounds. Um, And when I would get into the range that they said was normal, I was clearly underweight. And so those those charts are messed up. So, I'm, you know, there's there's a sense in which I'm so glad that's that some of that has changed. But we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk about the overcorrection, because I think that's what you're putting your finger on, is yeah. that there's been a bit of an overcorrection in our culture. So we'll come back to that in just a moment. But I want to take a, a moment because I'm very excited to introduce you all to a brand new sponsor. As you know, we are very, very picky about sponsors on this podcast. We say no to a lot of people. Um, We want to help partner with companies that are ethical, that, I mean, even in some cases are Christians and are promoting good principles. And that's why I'm so excited. I'm so thrilled and, and excited to introduce you to Seven Weeks Coffee. This is a coffee company that is run by Christians and they are pro-life. In fact, that's the whole theme of the coffee. Um, what I love about this coffee is, first of all, I'm a coffee snob. So I always have to try the product first and say like, is this good? It is very, very, very good. This is really high-end gourmet coffee. It's direct trade, which is more ethical than even fair trade. I love that. I love that there's no mold. It's really high quality, small batch roasted, shade grown. And here's what I love. It's called Seven Weeks Coffee because when the baby is seven weeks old in the womb, it's about the size of a coffee bean. But also they give 10% of all their sales to pregnancy care centers across America. I love that 
Most people drink coffee anyway. Listen, if you're going to Starbucks and you're paying $5 a day on your coffee, this is going to be cheaper than that. If you just, you know, we spend a lot of money on coffee. If you're, if that's you, consider changing to this subscription service from seven weeks because they do give 10% to pregnancy care centers across America. And it's just awesome. It's such great coffee. So I really want to uh, encourage you to go to sevenweekscoffee.com. You can use my code ALISA for a discount on your first order. Again, that's sevenweekscoffee.com. Use my code ALISA. All right. So we're going to get back here to Phoenix. And um, let's talk about that overcorrection because I think that's what you're, you're putting your finger on there. Yeah. So I understand that. I mean, we'll talk about this later, but I understand that in a sense, the fat community that, that I, I even had. Yeah, I, it's I even like there's a fat play. community, right? That's <laughs> kind of strange. It is really weird. And I, and I, I don't, I am not a member of this community. <laughs> However, um, not voluntarily in, in, in any case, though um, I recognize that I am overweight. Um, so, but yes, there is an active overweight community and um, who I guess are sick of believing, of feeling as though they've been told they're lesser than, that their voice has less impact, that they um, are worthy of less acknowledgement, I guess, in a room. And they're pushing back on that, both inside and outside of the church, saying, no, um, I have every right to be here. And rather than addressing the actual problem, I, I'm seeing them completely overcorrect, sorry, overcorrect in the sense that they're saying it's not a problem. Um, and how dare you even say it is? And honestly, most people are buying it. They've, already, they've been buying it for a long, long time. Mm. Um, but it's only recently that you're getting people coming forward and calling themselves things like, um, uh, what, what was, what was it? The size, size dignity, dignity activist. activist. You sent me an article where the author was in her bio. It says, I'm a writer, a size dignity activist. That's yeah. amazing that that's a category. That's the thing. And then there was another one who said, I am a, I, she literally said, I identify as a Christian fat advocate activist. Wow. And I just thought, well, what kind of a s stupid made up job is that? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you say what you really think there? Uh, exactly. Exactly. I just, I love it. Uh, it's, and it's an overcorrection. And we, yeah. we've seen this in so many other aspects of our society where, yeah, there is a problem. No question. Um, it's not as simple as some people like to make it. And some people's solution to it is either to pretend it's not there and then you're therefore bad or wrong or evil to suggest that it is. Mm -hmm. um, or, it's almost like it's become yeah. an oppressed category, like in the critical theories, how you have the intersectionality <laughs> of identity where it's like, you know, your ethnicity is one category, maybe your gender, all the other things. And then you get to kind of identify on the oppressed spectrum based on those the intersection of those categories. And, you know, mentioning the overcorrection, it's, it just reminds me, and I've talked about this on the podcast before because it just, it's such a pet peeve and it just gets under my skin so much, is the overcorrection of the strong female character in movies mm -hmm. and in TV shows. It's like, yeah, we don't want women to be perceived and to, to view themselves as these weak, 
you know, can't do anything, just waiting around for a guy to save you. Like, yeah, I get that. But then yeah. there's this overcorrection where you have it, they, and they just portray it like it's normal. Like you're just supposed to, like you said, suspend reality and accept yeah. the so-called fact that virtually any woman can beat up virtually any guy. Right. And you yes. see that portrayed all the time yeah. where you have this the little string bean of a woman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's like a string bean of a woman and she can take on a whole like group of Navy SEALs. And I mean, I just, yeah. this is like, I cannot suspend reality and buy into this. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. So I, I, I'm all for body positivity when it's a healthy body. So I understand that we've, we've, we've gone too far traditionally the wrong way and given platform and elevated women who are really unwell and they're often mm. be putting themselves in awful um, situations to maintain that weight that will have long lasting effects. Um, I know you must have seen it and, and, and everything in the entertainment business. Oh yeah. So there's no question that that's, that's there, but the, um, the other end of it isn't therefore be, I mean, we're seeing women, that I'm amazed they can stand and, yeah. and I'm not looking to be unkind. I'm, this is yeah. purely objective. They they're capable of standing and they're putting on bikinis and they're saying, this is body positivity. And I think, no, this is you rebelling mm. against the narrative that you've had enough of. And I understand that, that attitude to a certain extent, I understand what it's like to be looked over and having that internal feeling of, you know, I bet it's because I'm heavy. I bet it's because I'm heavy. Um, why, why, why does he make eye contact with her, but not me? Why, um, when he told the joke or she told the joke, was he looking to see if the thin girls laughed? But mm. when I did, it was almost like, a, okay, shush, shush, shush. I'm waiting to see if they laugh. Mm. Like, I, I understand that. But, um, I, I understand that that's not where my value comes from. And I, you right. know, I've come a long way over the years. I haven't always been the size I am now. At one point I was underweight and mm. I was in, actually in the same category as you, Elisa, where I, I for some reason, I'm just, I'm a dense, <laughs> heavy boned. I'm not going to say big boned, but like just a, a, a more heavy set person. And even when I was being pulled into doctor's offices because I was so underweight at the beginning of high school, mm. um, on the chart, I was right where I needed to you be. You were supposed to be, but, yeah. But visually, I was um, gaunt, like t t bones sticking out. Um, right. So, yeah. And yeah, and there could be a lot going on. So I'd, I'd love for you to talk about this too, because before we went on the air, you were talking about how there can be a lot going on with this issue. And I think, like you mentioned, it can be on the underweight spectrum and the overweight spectrum, because what we really want to get at in this podcast is a biblical view of our bodies. Because yeah. as we know, I mean, the, the view of the body in Christianity is a very high view. And of yeah. course, we've had Nancy Piercy on to talk about Love Thy Body, which I think was such a groundbreaking book to 
fight against some of the Gnosticism, I think, that people inadvertently buy into in the church. And if people are unfamiliar with that term, you know, Gnosticism was kind of—there was a lot going on. There were different sects of Gnosticism. It was one of the earliest heresies in the church. But one of the things that many of the Gnostic sects kind of approached the body as if physical matter was evil. And so, therefore, mm-hmm. you know, that that's what I think led to some Christians even denying that Jesus was fully human because that would make him evil because the body was viewed as evil. So I love Nancy Piercy's work because she's saying, no, uh, who you are is body and soul. That's what makes you human together. So we can't devalue the body. And that can go on both ends of the spectrum with the underweight and then the the overweight. But there's a lot going on there. And I'd love for you to talk about that because it's this is the thing that I think is particularly difficult with this struggle is that you could have a guy with a super secret pornography addiction and nobody might even know about it. Like he's not wearing a t-shirt that says, hi, I do porn every day. Right. But yet when you have any sort of an eating issue, you're kind of wearing it on the outside and that invites people to judge. And you know, like for example, I had one of my cousins, um, she was going through a really difficult time. She never had weight issues her whole life, but then she had to go on a particular medication that almost immediately caused her to gain 30 pounds. And there was just nothing she could do about it. But, you know, she experienced some of that judgment when really in that particular case, I mean, that's not every case, but in that case, yeah. it really wasn't because she was overeating. It was just the way the medication was interacting with her body chemistry it just, it put weight on her. And so, yeah. but then she had to deal with kind of being judged on that. So talk about yeah. the different things that can be going on with this topic, even spiritually and, and physically. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. So the, the one thing that I wish, I long for people who don't wrestle with this particular weakness or struggle in life to not oversimplify the problem. So, for example, I have heard it time and time again, always by someone who's real thin, who clearly has not ever had to battle with this, that it's just a simple formulaic situation, calories in, calories out, what's so hard? Just maintain it and you're good. And I'm like, I I understand the math. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't a lack of knowledge or a lack of nutritional education for for where I'm at and where I see other women at. It, there's, there's at least four, if not more, layers to it. So the first off is let's just let's just be upfront. Yeah, there's a sin component to it of gluttony. Oh, and I hate that word because it's applied to every single overweight person when it need not be. But you'd never know. Well, let me pop in. Let me pop in on that one from my personal experience, too, because you're right. It's like we talked about the guy with the porn addiction that people don't necessarily know about. But when I was in my active bulimia, I I remember because I was thinking the same thing. This isn't just a sin issue, although there is sin involved for sure. I never denied that. But I would even Mm -hmm. ask, like, Lord, what is the sin? What is the sin? And the two things that I really that came to my heart was it was what's gluttony. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's mm-hmm. idolatry. And that's what that's what my sin, at least that the Lord revealed to me when I was in that phase of, of bulimic activity, was that it was gluttony and um, idolatry. But, you know, people would look at me and not necessarily say, oh, that's she's she's a glutton. But I was right because you had the purge part figured out. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I like I, I can tell you as a teenager, I was like, I know this is dumb. And I know how terrible bulimia is for a person, but my God, I would get so much less judgment if I could just handle, yeah. if I could add yeah. that to my repertoire. Right. 
yeah. So, um, so I actually, I just want to quickly read a quote that I found because I thought she summed it re up really, really well. This is from, um, a writer, Lindsay Carlson, she writes a, an article called Seven Ways to Love Christians Who Are Overweight. And um, I just really liked this quote. She says, extra pounds can become scarlet letters, marking saints as idolaters, gluttons, and sluggards. Mm. So just, just imagine what that's like to walk into a room of strangers as a heavy person already dealing with the personal um, judgment you put mm -hmm. on yourself because you know you're not meeting a standard that you'd like hence the body positivity movement so you've already got that internal accusation blame even hate going on but you know walking into a room of strangers people who have no idea who you are what you wrestle with personally will judge you mm -hmm. before you've opened your mouth and at that point you're thinking to yourself i wish i was a gambling addict a porn mm -hmm. addict a drug addict, anything that I could hide, even though those three things just off the top of your head are going to derail your, derail your marriage, derail your career and your family, financial health. But like those things have such bigger consequences for not only you, but other people. You in that moment are thinking, I would swap this for that if I could. Mm -hmm. But eh, life's not that simple, right? Yeah. So. Um, the scarlet letter thing, I thought, yeah, it's a scarlet letter F, fat. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, but the different layers to it are the sin component that everybody assumes. And certainly there there is an aspect to it. For me, I recognized it as not necessarily idolatry, but um, me choosing to self-medicate with something physical rather than leaning into my God mm. and letting That's him... Good soothe me and comfort me because that's what it is when 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 i am at times where i'm pushed to food rather than for whatever reason i i have alcoholism in my family it doesn't appeal to me at all um i can drink but i don't really care to i don't mm -hmm. nothing um but i but i recognize that addictive behavior and i have a great deal of empathy for people who do wrestle with it because they understand that chemical reaction when you eat or consume something and it lights up all those chemicals in your brain yeah. and now you need all of it it's not just a little bit like oh that was good now i feel better no now you need all of it um yeah so where was i going with that well you're giving the different aspects of it there's a sin component there's like possibly an addiction component it's often an addiction component to it um I know for myself that I, I have that, um, genetically speaking, I have that addictive-like uh, trait. Mm -hmm. And although mm -hmm. it hasn't manifested in alcoholism, I recognize it in this part of my life. Yeah. Um, there's also the biological slash chemical aspect to it with the, the friend you just described, who n not doing a single thing wrong, not overeating, not choosing to idolatry, you know, put food on a pedestal, not choosing to self-medicate with food rather in more healthy ways, but just gained weight. Um, and there's another aspect to it. I'm trying to think. There's a mental health component to it. So, yeah, we can have slow metabolisms. Yeah, we can have addictive personalities. We can also just be straight up sinners. But at the end of the day, there's also a massive mental health component to it and people have to be 
set free and get therapy and counseling. I mean, I, I, for one thing, women who have had a, sexual, a history of sexual abuse mm. often put on weight. Yeah. Why? Because they don't want to be looked at. Yeah. And they may not even realize that they may not even like that thought might not materialize, but that can be going mm -hmm. on underneath, underneath it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I recognize that now, uh, praise God, I don't, I don't have that past of being sexually abused, but I do understand the discomfort of the male gaze. Um, and I recognized years ago that that was something I was doing intentionally. I was self-sabotaging because mm. I was extremely uncomfortable when I received a compliment because I was aware that they were looking at me, looking at my body, and I didn't want them to. Yeah. Um, and so for, for people who don't wrestle with this type of self-medication, we'll call it, I, I would just wish for them to understand that a person could be wrestling with more than one of these things. It could be sin and it could be a new medication they're taking. It could be um, something completely innocent. Um, don't be so quick to judge because it's you're not going to know. And that's not mm -hmm. to say that this person ought to be let off the hook. And, you know, just simply taking a new pill and you gaining weight doesn't give you permission to just stay there. Um, but it does force you to rethink, well, who's to blame? Yeah. And, um, yeah. And the well, other thing that I really want to emphasize, do we have to take a break? No, I'll do, we'll take a break after you make that point. Okay. The other thing I really want to emphasize is the consequences of your mistakes with food don't go away when you stop abusing food. So the, the alcoholic, they get sober. And sure, it's going to take time for their liver to heal if it can ever fully heal, but no one would know. Whereas the weight that I carry, I didn't gain it last week. In mm -hmm. fact, I gained it, the, the bulk of it during my four pregnancies. Mm -hmm. um, and guess what? It's, it's still here. So naturally, I come into a room and I'm overweight. And the thought is, well, she must be eating two you know, gallons of ice cream every night. No, I don't. But I kind of did four years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> running on three oh, hours. There. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, yeah the, the, the body shape it you just you don't know what the person is wrestling with and now that's not to say hey i gained this five years ago lay off there's mm -hmm. plenty of time to course correct um but when someone is actively losing weight we're no longer talking about a healthy lifestyle they're acting actively having to fix past mistakes mm -hmm. and that's something that many other um, addictions or sins don't have no, I, of course, that's not true for everybody. There's a whole, you know, yeah. seven step, 10 step program and you have to go around. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Other things have consequences, but they're not, you're not wearing them on your sleeve and being judged for those mistakes every time yeah. someone lays eyes on you. Yeah, that's good. Well, when we come back, I do want to touch on kind of the healthy balance and how the church can approach this, because it seems like there's just these extremes in culture. So I'd love yeah. to talk about that when we get back. But first, I want to I want to talk to you about our second sponsor for today, and that's Good Ranchers. You all know I love Good Ranchers, and I was joking with Phoenix before <laughs> before we came on, like nothing says, you know, let's be anti whatever's going on in culture with a big box of meat, right? <laughs> it's really good, high quality, nutritious meat that I love. We we love it. In fact, we had the pork chops tonight. I got a pork box a couple of uh, months ago, and we made some 
uh, pork chops tonight with fall spices. It was so good, you guys. I just love having that available so that I can cook for my family instead of just having to feel like I need to go through fast food and something that I know that is not going to be good for them. So they've got a new product for the fall. If you're like me, you love all things fall. You like the the pumpkins, the boots, the sweaters, all of that stuff. And I kind of giggled when I saw this, but it actually looks pretty good. And that is their new product for the fall, which is pumpkin spice bacon. So if you uh, subscribe, you can add that on. And current subscribers, you can also add it on to your upcoming orders. So if you want to check out Good Ranchers, um, this is a great time. We're heading into the holidays. You might be doing more cooking. Go to GoodRanchers.com and you can use my code ALISA for $30 off your first box. And you're going to get free express shipping this month. So that's GoodRanchers.com. Use my code ELISA for $30 off your first box and free express shipping. All right, back to Phoenix here. Um, I'm doing my ad reads live tonight, so I don't normally do that. So thank you for hanging with me on that because I'm just trying it out and we'll see how that goes. But I love that you're selling a big box of peppermint. I love it. But it's, you know what, though? I, it's funny. I know because it's food and it's like now I feel extra sensitive about it. But in reality, That's though, it's, it's great because, you know, they have the triple trimmed chicken breast and I can just pull that out and have something healthy to eat that's good for my mm-hmm. body. And I want to uh-huh. talk about, you know, kind of the, the good response of the church because I can tell you a bad one. And this is something that, that happened. And you know, I'm not just telling this story to gripe about something that happened in a church, but just to highlight that you never know who's coming through the doors of your church. And like you said, some of these things you wear on the outside, but some you carry on the inside and people not, might not know that about you. But I remember when I was really, really deep in my struggle with my eating disorder. And I, I think it, by this point, I was burnt out. I'd been traveling a lot. I wasn't really going to church on Sundays anymore. I still always loved Jesus, never, you know, left my love of Jesus, but I kind of just was not all that excited about going to a church when I had been traveling and I was burnt out and I just wanted to sleep. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine was like, please, let, please come to church with me. Please come to church with me. I really think it'll be good for you. It'll edify you. So I went to a church with a friend of mine and the pastor got up and he was very, very overweight. And he started mm-hmm. talking about people with eating disorders and he started mocking them. And he said, I remember he said, um, what did he say? He goes, oh, yeah, eating disorders. And he mentioned like anorexia and bulimia. And he said, do you think that demon has any control over me? And he started laughing. And I remember thinking, no, but maybe a different one does, you know. And it really put me off. And it actually was it was very hurtful to me because I was just basically crawling into church out of obedience, trying to to meet the Lord and have let him meet me where I was at. And. So I, I do want to, you know, there is that judging component, and especially with our bodies and with food. But I want to yeah. talk about, like, because you mentioned in the last segment a lot about judging. So I want to talk about judging for a second, because this is something I've talked about before. I've even written about it. The Bible does call us to judge, but not right. in the sense that we're talking about here. So there, there is a time, I think, like, to not judge somebody, because you don't know their situation. You don't know what's going on in their life. But there are situations in which you do know, and you, we are to confront one another if there's open sin, if there's unrepented sin. 
Mm-hmm. But in a, in a case like this, we shouldn't necessarily like elect ourselves sin police and assume to diagnose exactly what's going on with someone just because of the way they look. In fact, that's the Bible even says God doesn't look at the appearance. He looks at the heart. And so mm-hmm. there could be so much going on. Like you said, there could be sexual abuse in the past that needs to be dealt with first. There could be um, all sorts of things going. There could be a woman who is in an abusive relationship and maybe that needs attention before she can even think about you know, eating healthier for her body. But I I would just, you know, the Bible clearly says our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We should love and care for our bodies, which I think that is the message that really opposes this quote unquote body positivity, because that's one of those words, too, by the way, that's kind of changed in meaning. Right. It's like, yeah, well, everybody wants to be body positive. Right. That sounds like a good thing. But really what it ends up looking like in culture is a celebration of obesity and unhealth, which we, you know, as Christians, we don't want to do that either. So the Bible says whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So I would never want to send my daughter the message that you have to be a particular weight in order to be, you know, good in God's eyes or good in my eyes, because I do, like I said, I am so glad some of that stuff has relaxed and people can just look more like normal people, you know, whereas they would have been considered overweight in the past. But what do you think, as far as that judging component goes, what would your word to the church be? What, What would you say about that? And how can we avoid these extremes, but just, but like deal in reality and walk with one another with some of these things? Yeah. So um, for one, on the one end of the spectrum, I don't think churches are talking about it enough. They're Mm -hmm. happy to list sexual sin. Um, Thankfully, people are, you know, the pulpit is beginning to talk more openly about the reality of porn addiction, um, which statistically is happening in at least 50% of the men in the congregation, at least. so I, I gla- I'm glad that they're talking about these other things that people feel a tremendous amount of shame around and they're hiding. But um, I, I noticed that people are still incredibly uncomfortable about talking about the F word. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about the naughty one. Quite <laughs> <laughs> um, frankly, you're calling out something that immediately everybody can see in the seats now you can talk openly about you know if you wrestle with porn addiction and every porn addict in that room is looking around like i i I don't but but for those people out right like because they don't not wearing a scarlet letter on their shirt but when you raise the issue and same thing with alcoholism or drugs or, or, or or infidelity no one knows at that moment except the weight one if mm-hmm. um, if we raise it, and I think that's a big reason why people tiptoe around it because it's really uncomfortable. It's very personal too. It's like that's your very that's personal. your body, right? Yeah, it's your body, and you know you can't go home like a haircut and go go get that fixed, and uh, and you're yeah. better the next day. It's going to take time. So, uh, but but I you know that's not to say we don't talk about it because then we get people not dealing with it at all. And my goodness, it sounds awfully um, hypocritical when the obese pastor gets up and starts talking about people who have porn addiction. And I'm like, buddy, like there's an elephant in the room, literally and metaphorically that we're not talking about. Yeah, Let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and you, you noted too, that there's just a massive amount of shame and you know, but you're thinking it through shame. with, I think with, with every sin struggle, there's a massive amount of shame. But it, but this is possibly one where that is magnified because of 
the how obvious it. it is. Yeah, because you can't yeah. hide it. Yeah, you can't hide yeah. it. And it could be something that you stopped actively indulging in years ago, like I said, but you haven't gotten to a point of healing um, where you're now repairing the damage. And yeah. that's something that people just won't know. So I, I want the church to talk about it, um, but I want them to do it consistently and fairly. So I know that there are certain churches that are too focused on body image and things like that. They can't have a heavy set worship leader. And I find that very um, hypocritical when staffing might say, well, we can't have an obese worship leader, but um, all the, you know, half the men who are on the stage are watching porn privately. Mm. Because statistically, they are, as yeah. I said. Yeah. So it's, 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 I don't think they're they're approaching it correctly. Um, you know what I have noticed, though, in, in a I think maybe a more positive turn as I've traveled a lot recently you know, over the past couple of years to lots of different kinds of churches. I really mm -hmm. have noticed um, on the platform with, like you mentioned, worship leaders, there seems to be a, a shift there. Like they're they're not all right. skinny anymore and they're not all just a certain thing. They're still all pretty young. <laughs> I will say <laughs> the church yes. could do better with that. They're all still under 30, but dang it, whether yeah. they it or not. Yeah, yeah. And but they but I have noticed that there there is seems to be more permission maybe to not be this like Hollywood superstar look. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm I'm thinking of a particularly infamous large church here in North Carolina that has a different set of standards for anybody oh. that public facing. Oh. Um, but then I would also, I, I, I've had it, obviously I've had comments made to me about honestly not even being allowed a voice because you're fat, you're fat. Mm. So who are you speaking about anything theologically and trying to give an opinion or a voice to anything? Mm. You're fat. And I'm kind of like, and like, yeah, yeah. Uh, my, 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 uh, my mistakes and my struggle is just very, very transparent. Don't don't kid me for a second that you don't have stuff that's yeah. far too ugly for people to hear about, but you get to hide it. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And I and I find I I think there's a double standard also that I'm just going to throw out there. Do you yeah. think that um, men in apologetics, for example, get criticized on their weight when they stand up and read a paper on the defense of the resurrection or some biological discovery no because people aren't there to judge their appearance they're here to hear the research and hear mm. the and learn mm. but i think um women come under more scrutiny there because there's still an expectation of how that ought to look mm. but yeah. yeah but then so we've got but interestingly enough however and actually, the the some of the blog articles that I shared with you and we were looking at, one woman does say, "I learned to hate my body in the church," mm. and I thought, "Well, how interesting!" And in that sense, there's a truth of taking care of your body. Your body is a temple. I'm no question. I'm a full advocate for that. That is biblical, and we are responsible. There's no real excuse for that. The journey looks different, but that is the goal. But that scripture had been weaponized against her, I suppose. Mm. And um, you, because you hadn't mastered that part of your of of what it is to exist in this body, um, you were yeah. you were 
you were not good on God's terms. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to do one more ad break here and then we'll come back. And I want to discuss this uh, this line that you sent to me in an email, which I think sums up this whole episode. And that is that fat shaming is a problem, but fat acceptance isn't the answer. So we're going to get into that when we come back here in just a moment. But I want to talk to you about our third sponsor for today, and that's Carly Jean Los Angeles. I love this company. This is a Los Angeles-based clothing company started by Carly Brandon. She's a mom of four. She's a Christian. Um, I really love, and especially as it would relate to this episode, one of the things I really appreciate about Carly Jean Los Angeles is that their models are all different shapes and sizes. Um, people have asked me, you know, they say I'm nervous to buy clothes online because I don't know if they're going to fit. And first of all, there's free returns with Carly Jean Los Angeles. But also they have, like I said, women of all shapes and sizes, heights, weights, um, and, and they try the clothes on for you. So they tell you their height, their weight, and then you can kind of tell by the shape, the one that looks most like you. And I have found that that's really helped. I've never had to return anything to Carly Jean because because of that. And I do appreciate that they're they're all the models are not, you know, underweight, super skinny. They just look like regular people. Really, really appreciate that. I love the clothes. The jacket I'm wearing uh, in this episode is is from Carly G in Los Angeles. I wear this almost every day right now because I just love it. So if you want to check it out, go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. You can use my code Elisa for 20% off your first order. That's CarlyJeanLosAngeles. Use my code Elisa for 20% off your first order. All right. So Phoenix, Let's kind of wrap this up now. Um, I'll reread that line because I think that's really the crux of what we're trying to say. We, we really, what we yeah. don't want to do, and, you know, we're, like, we're, I'm very open that I, I'm not perfect on my thinking on this. I, this is stuff I'm, I continually think through. I um, struggle for sure with body image. This is something that's, um, it's, it's definitely a thorn in my side. If I'm honest, it's right. just, that's you know, like, I've been a on a stage since I was 25. Well, even younger, I've been on a stage since then. And then, you know, with there was some, some stuff I went through in the music industry that just and I'm not blaming anyone. I certainly am not. My choices are on me, but it sort of burned or branded this idea into my mind that I have to be a certain way or certain something. And um, and that's just been a lifelong struggle for me, I'm being honest. So I'm not, I don't think perfectly about this, but I'm trying to think biblically about it. And I'm trying to approach it from a healthy perspective because the church should be the place that we can go and talk about these things and find healing and find health and resist the cultural narratives that go to these opposite extremes. So I'm, I'm yeah. gonna throw it back over to you, Phoenix. Um, fat shaming is a problem, but fat acceptance isn't the answer. Talk a little bit more about that. That's right. So um, uh, as someone who wants to teach and speak um, publicly on theological matters, apologetics, cultural issues, I recognize that to be in a position where I am setting an example to others around me, there is an expectation that I ought to live that out in every area, area of my life. And I think that goes for anybody um, that is looking to be a, a solid ambassador for Christ. That mm -hmm. doesn't just stop at the spiritual level. That sh that is a full, and full encompassing um, role that you that you live out. So if someone says to me, you know, um, you 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 need to lose weight if you want to be a teacher, I say yes, I do, and no, I don't. Mm. I'm a teacher. 
my my gifting and my knowledge and, and, and everything that God has gifted me with has nothing to do with the number on the scale. However, I am not going to, if I can set a positive example to other women, and that is not by declaring that this isn't a problem. It is a problem. If I don't resolve this, it's going to affect the longevity of my life. It's going to affect, you know, how physical I can be with my children. It's going to impact my marriage. I'm not going to pretend that that's not the case. And I don't think other women should either. Um, but we are called to be the best investors we can for Christ and to take care of the body he's given us. Yeah. So it just goes, honestly, I think it ought to go without saying that pursuing a healthy body size is part of the package. So do you have to hit that before you can be used by God? Of course not. And right. I completely reject that idea, but I completely reject the idea that you're fine just as you are. So you can stay there. Hmm. You're fine just as you are, so long as you keep moving toward where God wants you. Yeah. And it just reminds yeah. me of the verse I brought up before, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And that should be a question that we ask ourselves always, like, is what I'm eating, am I eating, am I so extreme dieting that I'm not eating for the glory of God, or am I overeating and not eating for the glory of God? And yeah. uh, those are things that I think about too. Phoenix, anything else you want to leave our audience with as we close out today? I, I just can't emphasize enough that those who want to pass judgment, um, you can, as you pointed out, Elisa, we are called to judge, but to judge biblically. So I, I think it's completely fine to you for you to use your eyes and take your knowledge of how the body works and how healthy eating works and to make a judgment that that person is overweight and that that is not going to be the best form for them long term. But that's really where your judgment gets to end. When you start uh, rationalizing, well, how did they get there? Well, they must be sinful. Well, maybe they've got some kind of abuse. Maybe they've got that unless you've entered into an active relationship with that person is none of your business. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, once you've formed that relationship with them and there's a trust component and, and they understand that you're invested in them, perhaps you can speak to that. But uh, people are too quick to judge um, what's going on internally. Whereas yeah. I, you know, I've got eyes. I can see when a heavy person enters the room. I know what I look like. So I find it almost amusing when people like to identify, you know, point it out online. Um, I see uh, Kristen Hawkins from, is, is she Students for Life or Live Action? She's a pro-life sure. advocate. I, you wouldn't believe the comments that just constantly flood around her weight. And yeah. she's making great points for the mm -hmm. pro-life movement. And I'm like, honestly, it's low-hanging fruit. If you can't actually address the argument and all you've got to do with comment on is her appearance, she's already won. Like, you've yeah. lost the argument. Yeah. Um, but I digress. So, yeah, I would I would ask people to hold back on what they think is going on internally. And for those who do wrestle with weight, your value is not in your weight. I can't yeah. express this enough. And I know books and books have been written on it, but I can't emphasize this enough. Your value does not go down and it does not go up based on the number of the scales. You yeah. are inherently valuable because you are an image bearer of God. That is your identity. That's your awesome. weight will rise, yeah. your weight will fall. 
it does not matter. What matters is that you are stewarding your body to the best of your ability. And if you're not doing that well, you know it. Yeah. Go. You have the tools to do something about it. Get help. If you need therapy, get therapy. If you need a support system, get it. You're not off the hook to not change. I think I messed that. I messed it up. No, that's right. I think okay. that, that was right. There's double negative. Not a, yeah. Double negative. <laughs> we know what you meant. We know what you meant. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's I think where where um, gosh, shame can really. There's a godly shame, right? There, there's a uh -huh. shame is an emotion that helps us to grieve our sin. And so, in a sense, there is a sense in which I don't think it's healthy for people to say you should never feel shame at all. Well, no. I mean, it's even the Bible no. talks about how, the, um, you know, the, they felt no shame, and that was a negative thing. So there's a sense in which shame can be used for, um, to edify us, to convict us of our sin. But, we love shame. We yes. love shame. Yeah. yeah. But the, but the shame <laughs> that can go into the unhealthy is the kind that makes you detach from God. And I think that mm -hmm. with any issue, you mentioned, gosh, so much I want to comment now, just as we close out here, because you mentioned, as far as like in church, when you, when you see this, I think it's like the sensitivity that you would apply to any any sin struggle or any type of struggle somebody is going through. You wouldn't just go in like a bull in a china shop, but you yeah, you would love you. and care for that person, hopefully. And I'm so glad, I'm so thankful that I had people in my life that weren't just like, you're a sinner, you need to do this, and, but, but they helped me to understand why I was doing this stuff in the first place. There was a yes. lot tied up. There was a lot of knots. And I'm, I'm so thankful to, for the patience and the love of my husband to help me um, through that and to love me through that. So please, everyone, these, these, any kind of sin struggle, any kind of struggle people are going through, we need to be loving and sensitive to help, especially people who want to change. That That's the thing, too, mm -hmm. it, is some people want to change. But you mentioned um, how people are online. It's a brutal time to oh, yeah. be everything, like I mentioned in the beginning, is so image-focused. Uh, yeah. Everything is is visual. And um, Ali Beth Stuckey actually wrote about this in her book, You're Not Enough and That's Okay, about how when she, I think she was pregnant with her first baby. And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, she gained lady, weight. Every time and, she's pregnant, yes. Yeah, every time she's pregnant, yeah. people are like, why? You know, and they comment on yeah. that. And I just... Man, you just you have to have a thick skin to do what we do. But um, yeah, it's people are very brave with stuff like that. But again, this is where the church should be different. The church should be a place for people to come, be ministered to. Yes, receive correction and conviction, but um, with you know with love and care. So um, Phoenix, let us know where we can connect with you online. Anything new you're working on, and uh, just where people can find you. Yeah, people can find me at uh, Phoenix Hayes, or I think it's Phoenix underscore Hayes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm I'm regularly contributing there with my weird, quirky sense of humor and <laughs> that I commentary. love. <laughs> that I love. <laughs> um, I try to keep that just on my page and uh, keep it more the the more um, theologically. Um, Mature. Sound. Yeah. <laughs> sound. I don't go rogue on my own pages, but uh, you'll also find my material on uh, crossexamine.org. And now that I've pulled back a little bit so that I can um, homeschool my two older children, I have more time to dedicate to writing and recording. So I'm excited to be producing more of that over the coming months. 
Very good. Well, I want to thank my guest, Phoenix Hayes, for stopping by the podcast today to talk about this sensitive topic. Um, again, I want to remind you to go to alisachilders.com slash music to check out the new music. You can also go to youtube.com slash at music to listen to the songs right now. I also want to thank our final sponsor, which is Southern Evangelical Seminary. I love SES. Um, I always love to take a class whenever I possibly can so that I keep my knowledge going. Wonderful seminary. Uh, go to ses.edu slash Alisa. You can download a free ebook and check out what SES has to offer. And in the meantime, as we pursue Christ, let's remember to keep a sharp mind, a soft heart, and a thick skin. We'll see you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.